Hello, friends, and welcome to Everyday Truth with Kurt Skelly. We're here to show that the Bible is relevant to your life every single day. We're so glad you joined us here for the conversation as we go verse by verse through the book of Jeremiah. Our series, The Hard Truth, is looking at this Old Testament prophet's messages of sorrow, judgment, and hope. Now, let's join Kurt for today's episode. Hello, friends, and welcome back to today's episode of Everyday Truth. Got a fancy postcard here from the Swanson family. Thank you guys for sending this in. They're Israel Trip alumni, and they were in the Rocky Mountains, and that is a beautiful, beautiful. It says this is the Lower Twin Lake, and it's been my privilege to be in the Rocky Mountains on several occasions, and you won't find more beautiful landscape anywhere than the Rocky Mountains. So thanks for sending that in, Swansons. Miss you guys. Uh, Glad that you were thinking about us and super glad that you listened to the podcast. We are in uh, Jeremiah chapter number nine. And I told you last episode that we would cover some familiar verses uh, today, which we will. We're at the end of the chapter and we're gonna begin reading at verse number 22. So Jeremiah chapter uh, chapter nine Uh, Verse number 22, Uh, this is kind of the tail end of the the, the prophecy of judgment uh, on Israel, especially Judah now, and Jerusalem, the capital, because they're not listening. And watch what it says in verse 22. Speak, thus saith the Lord, even the carcasses of men shall fall as dung. So dung would be the refuse of animal the excrement of animal, but also would refer to just garbage in general. Uh, The carcasses of men shall fall as dung upon the open field and as the handful after the harvestmen and and none shall gather them. So two illustrations of the kind of death toll that would come as a result of the Babylonian invasion. First of all, the Bible says men would fall on the ground like dung. Now, obviously, if you ever walk through a pasture or walk through a, a, a field, you know, animals do their business and it falls on the ground and, and there it and there it's there it stays. And and the illustration here is everybody in an agricultural society, everybody in a society full of animals would be aware of that. And yet the Bible says that the lives of God's people would be of such little value to the enemies of God's people that when the bodies fell, they'd be falling on the earth like dung and just just there to smell and to rot. Well, what imagery? Then the second image is that the dead bodies would be like a harvester, a harvest man that comes through the harvest time of a particular crop. Let's picture a wheat crop And as he would take his scythe and cut the harvest and take the the armfuls of of whatever the grain was, barley or wheat or whatever, and then lay it on the ground so that later on they could bundle it up and gather it. So it it would be a, a poignant picture that during the harvest time, you would cut down the the harvest and lay it in bundles. So by the end of the day, you would see a field that had been cut down and all the individual bundles on that field. So the Bible says that's the way it's going to be when destruction comes. That's the way it's going to be when the Babylonians invade. 
that the people will be cut down and will just lay in the field and there their bodies will rot. Now, that was a particular judgment on the people of God because they place such high value on the body that for a body to lay in an open field and rot was the worst kind of shame. Uh, Even today, uh, the rule is in, in, in a Jewish funeral that you bury somebody before midnight. You bury them in that one day. Don't allow that body to to uh, stay uh, to, to stay unburied. Remember, during the crucifixion of Jesus, uh, they uh, broke the legs of the the two thieves. Uh, they didn't have to break the legs of Jesus because he was already dead. Because they wanted to hasten death to get people buried before the um, the Sabbath began. So, well, what a shameful prediction this is. Verse number 23, thus saith the Lord, let not the wise man, here's the verse that's very familiar to us, let not the wise man glory in his wisdom, neither let the mighty man glory in his might, let not the rich man glory in his riches. So to glory in something means to to, um, relish in it, to take value in it, uh, to trust in it in that sense. And what the Bible says is a person that is rich or a person that is powerful or a person that is smart, uh, those will not be good enough. Those won't be means by which you can deliver yourself in that day. You better not think of yourself more highly than you ought to think. You better not think of your intellect or your physical might or power or prestige or the money that you have, your riches, don't view them as something that is going to always be there or something that's going to save you. No, no. rather, your attitude needs to be one of relying upon God. Your attitude needs to be one of trusting Him because riches can't save you. Your own human power can't save you. Your um, wisdom can't save you. So understand that those are not things in which you should glory. Now, there are other reasons why we should not glory in wisdom or might or riches. And another reason would be because wisdom and might and riches are not what we produce. They are simply gifts from God. So in the United States, for instance, we're rich by world's standards. Uh, We have the availability of educational systems, and we have uh, a, 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 you know, a, a token of power as far as, as far as our ability to get things done. We've got electricity, and we have uh, military might as a nation. And yet, what do those things mean in front of a holy God? Nothing. In front of a mighty God, Nothing. And sometimes we just begin to think of ourselves more highly than we ought to think. And the gifts of God, like wisdom or like might or like riches, become a replacement for God. And we trust those things instead of trusting God. Now, that's a very dangerous thing. So uh, Jeremiah's advice here is, is well taken, both for them, but also for us, So let not that wise man glory in his wisdom. Let not that rich man glory in his riches or that mighty man glory in his 
in his might. It's very easy to look at what we have, what we can do, our resources and our abilities, and to take stock in those. Instead of forgetting that every good gift, or remembering rather, that every good gift and every perfect gift is from above. Watch verse number 24. But let him that glorieth glory in this, that he understandeth and knoweth me. Paul said it this way in Romans 12, 3, not to think of ourselves more highly than we ought to think, but soberly, according as God hath dealt to every man the measure of faith. And the verses that follow, Romans chapter 12, are the gifts that God gives believers, like the gift of prophecy or teaching or or serving or mercy or ruling or whatever. The fact is, we have what we have because of the God who is ours. So glory not in who you are, what you have, uh, what you can do, but glory rather in knowing God in understanding God, that we have a transcendent God, that we have an approachable God, that we have a knowable God who has uh, given him himself to us, who has given us his word. Remember what he said uh, last episode or maybe two episodes ago, that he laid, he set his law in front of us. He has put a knowledge of him within arm's length of us. We can know him. God is knowable. Uh, That's something to place supreme value on. That's something to glory in. So verse number 24, let him that glorieth glory in this, that he understandeth and knoweth me, that I am the Lord which exercise loving kindness. The word loving kindness here is the famous Old Testament word chesed, chesed. It means the loyal and faithful love of God. So uh, we ought to take put value on the fact that we have a God who has, who has loyal love to his people based upon his covenant and his own character, that I have loving kindness, judgment. So in an era where people couldn't trust their neighbor, they couldn't trust their own flesh and blood brother, uh, they couldn't trust anybody. Remember, we've been talking about this. There was no real equity no real judgment. Even the legal system was turned upside down and judges were taking bribes. So we ought to glory in the fact that God's love doesn't fail and God's justice and judgment is always right and based upon his character and based upon truth. And then it says this, loving kindness, judgment, and righteousness. Uh, That reflects the right character of God, the fact that God is what he expects and God's word is impeccable. And so put your trust in him. He's the one that who, whose qualities you can value instead of your riches and your wisdom and your might. Look at verse number 24 again. So the Lord who exercises loving kindness, judgment, and righteousness, he exercises them. So these are not just qualities of God, These are descriptions of the acts of God. He acts in loving kindness. He acts, he exercises judgment. Uh, He acts in and exercises righteousness. Then the Bible says, uh, in the earth, for in these things I delight, saith the Lord. These are my priorities. This is what I value. So what is the Lord saying? The Lord is saying, value what I value. Now, that's not to say that if God has given you wisdom, uh, that that's wrong, or that if God has given you a measure of influence, uh, might, or 
riches, that doesn't make that wrong. It's not like God says, you got to take a vow of poverty. The point is, don't glory in those things. Don't look at those things necessarily as the end-all, be-all, or as necessarily an indication that somehow you're right with God. No, rather, view those things for what they are, things that come and go, things that are the gifts of, of a gracious God, and learn to value the things that, that reflect God, like his loyal love, like his righteous judgments. Uh, those are the things that God glories in and the things in which we ought to place, on which we ought to place value. Verse number 25, behold, the days come, saith the Lord, that I will punish all them which are circumcised, that would be God's covenant people, with the uncircumcised. So God says, there's coming a day when I'm going to treat you just like everybody else. Verse number 26, Egypt, here, here's the everybody else, Egypt and Judah. So Egypt's not one of God's, uh, they're not God's people. Judah is. Egypt, Egypt, Judah, Edom, not. The children of Ammon and Moab, all that are in the utmost corners that dwell in the wilderness. For all these nations are uncircumcised. All the house of Israel are uncircumcised. Watch this, in the heart. Now, physically, they had undergone circumcision. Physically, on the outside, they claimed to be associated with God and with the things of God and with the temple of God and with the word of God. But what God said is, but I see beyond those superficialities. I see that you're truly uncircumcised, regardless of what you've done on the outside. The uncircumcision I see in you is in the heart. And that makes you demonstrably no different than all the nations that live all around you. So whether that's Egypt or Edom or Ammon or Moab, those are all the nations that surround Israel. You're just like everybody else. Remember what, uh, what God said to Samson, you know, when you break my covenant, you sh you're going to be like every other man. When you allow your hair to be cut, when you violate that Nazarite vow, when you disesteem uh, the glory of who I am and what I can do in your life, you're going to become just like everybody else. God doesn't want us to be like everybody else. God wants us to be his powerful, influential covenant people as we walk in God's love and God's judgment, and God's righteousness, regardless of our wisdom, regardless of our perceived might and riches. It is God in whom we ought to glory. So that's it. Chapter number nine. We'll come into uh, a brand new chapter next episode. Hope you'll join us for that. God bless you, my friends. Thanks for taking time to listen. If you enjoy Everyday Truth, go ahead and subscribe to the podcast or share it with a friend. Until next time, God bless.